welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hi there, I'm Blake Lindsay. I want to personally welcome you to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. I'm sure glad you're here. Today, Mr. Ziggler is going to share a little bit about how he was raised. Zig will tell us about his mother and some of the pearls of wisdom she shared with him. I know we'll enjoy, and I'll be back in a few minutes. Now, as you listen to your set of tapes, let me get you to notice that the thoughts, ideas, and procedures constitute an ongoing message. I do not necessarily finish a message on one particular tape. I'm concerned not with structuring something for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. I'm concerned with delivering a message that will make a difference in your life. And when the message is through, then is when we stop. Now, as you listen, I want to encourage you to get your family to listen. Because you see, what that does is it gets the whole family on the same page. You will be thinking together. I cannot begin to tell you that hundreds of people over the years, young men and women who have come to me and said, when I was a youngster, just a toddler almost, my parents were listening to your tapes and had me listening to them. And I got to tell you, for a long time, I hated you. I used to ask my, do we have to listen to that Zig fella again? But across the board, they have said, uh, you know, as I got old enough to even begin to understand what you were saying, I always benefited from them. And a strange thing, I did have to admit that regardless of what you were saying, I felt better when you got through. Now, that's what I covered in the uh, message earlier uh, that this literally activates and uh, floods the brain with those endorphins, the dopamine, norepinephrine, the serotonin, and those other neurotransmitters. So the physiological impact, as uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there. Why should we share with the family early on? Well, according to a study done in Missouri, 65% of our working vocabulary has been acquired by the age of three It's an established fact that people who teach you language teach you how to think. And since your thought precedes the action, that gets to be very, very important. 80% of our characters form by age 5, 90% of your personality by the age of 7. Those first years are extremely important. Now, for those of you who think, well, shucks, uh, my youngest child's 47. Maybe it's too late for me. The beautiful thing is you can change. Whatever the situation is, I'm here to tell you, you're not stuck with it. You can grow. You can change. Well, let me give you some of the things. Now, when I was a youngster, we obviously did not have cassette players. We did not have television. We didn't have a whole lot of other things. I had a mother with a fifth grade education, though, who was a magnificent philosopher, one of the wisest people that I have ever encountered. Uh, Dad died when I was five, as I mentioned earlier, six of us, too young to work. But mom used to educate us by saying the same thing over and over and over. For example, one of her favorites was willful waste makes woeful want. To this day, I am conscious of waste. I well remember a number of years ago, my son was a a teenager. I was uh, in the bathroom. I used to buy my shampoo by the gallon. And then I would pour it in the little bottles, you know, And uh, that was the most economical way to do it. Well, I was shaving and getting ready to take my shower. 
and I was transferring the, some of the shampoo from uh, the gallon jug over to the little bottle so I could handle it. I spilled some of it there in the sink. So I just reached down, wiped the uh, shampoo up from the sink, put it on my hair, and uh, about that time, my uh, teenage son walked in. He said, Dad, what happened to your hair? And uh, I told him what happened, and he just laughed. He said, well, Dad, nobody's ever going to accuse you of being wasteful. <laughs> and I said, son, you know that nice little car you got standing out there in the driveway? It's there because we're careful about things like this. And my mom, uh, with all that saying, it's over and over. Another little thing uh, she used to say to us, when a task is once begun, you leave it not until it's done. And that was hammered into my mind many and many times, and I, I will remember it obviously until this day. Uh, she often said, Tell the truth until it ever costeth what it will. For he who hides the wrong he does, does the wrong thing still. Probably the thing I'm most grateful for and proud of is what Brian said in the introduction I'm consistent. You know, consistency is very, very important. Your word ought to be your bond. You should not need a written contract except for clarification of what they are. I learned some things very early on that did make a dramatic or a substantial difference, have a big influence on my life. For example, I will remember I milked cows uh, as a youngster, eight years old. Just for your information, I got to tell you, Cows don't give milk. I mean, you got to fight for every drop. Well, at lunch, I don't know what you can do with that, but uh, my job is not to tell you what to do with it. You use it as you best see fit. I mean, now that's your responsibility. Well, anyhow, at lunch during the school, I would come home and I would move the cows from one spot to another for, so they could get better grass so we would have more milk. Well, I was in a big hurry to get back and uh, play a couple of innings of softball, so I very sloppily did it, and one of the cows got loose, got in uh, this elderly lady's garden, and ate some turnip greens. Well, you know, I apologized profusely and just told her how sorry I was and all that kind of good stuff, and I really was sorry. But when I got home, my mama said, Son, you got to do more than apologize. This lady sells turnip greens. Now you need to go to her and ask her to estimate how many turnip greens the cow ate, how many bunches that would represent, and you got to pay her for them. Well, she estimated that uh, there were about eight bunches, and in those days, a bunch of turnip greens was a big bunch, and they sold for a nickel a bunch. So uh, I went to her and I said, well, you know, tell me what it is, and, and I'll pay you. It's 40 cents. Now, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, except that in the grocery store where I worked, I made a nickel an hour. Now, that means I worked eight hours because I did not accept my responsibility of securing that cow. Guess what I learned early on? I learned responsibility. I think that's important. Another little lesson I taught, and, and you see, regardless of your age, I think this lesson is more needed today than ever before. I was a Boy Scout. My instructions were you go to scout meet and then you come on home. Well, the schoolyard was next to the place we held our scout meeting, the Episcopal Church there in Yazoo City. And so a bunch of the kids decided to go over and play on the swings a while. Well, I went over there and uh, played a few minutes, you know, and then I headed home. The next day, uh, I got the report that some of the kids had stayed a little while longer and had destroyed some of the swings, all right? 
Bottom line is, my part of it was $1.15. I said, Mom, that's not fair. I, was, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't there when any of the damage was done. She said, Son, maybe that is true. It is true. But you see, anytime you're disobedient, and I have told you what to do, and you do not do it, many times there is a penalty that goes along with that. Well, I got to tell you, that $1.15 was a lot of money for me, although by then I was a little older and was now making a dime an hour, so it was, you know, only a little less than 12 hours of work, but I'll guarantee you I listened much more carefully from that point on. Lessons in philosophy. Now, you know, the reality is any kind of training that we give increases productivity, almost any kind of training. Remember the Hawthorne study? They turned the lights brighter in this factory and productivity went up, and then they turned them down and productivity went up temporarily. Training, just about any kind, will do that. But over a period of time, as it sets in and gets to be old hat, we revert back to form unless we as individuals grow and change. And that's where we like to believe we are different. We deal with the fact that you got to be before you can do and you got to do before you can have. So as we look at this, then we're going to look at the growth factor that will make a difference. Now, I've been looking the audience over very carefully as I've been talking. And some of you probably noticed I kind of walk around a little bit. How many of you had noticed that? <laughs> I, have, uh, I have looked you over, and I'm astonished at the youth of this group. Bunch of youngsters. Nobody here is even old enough to know what I'm about to tell you, so I'll just have to go ahead and tell you. When you reach a certain age, there are chemical changes that take place in the human body. And as you know, we've got a lot of pollution out there in the air. And when the chemical changes of the body meet the pollution in the air, what it does is destroy the strength of the lenses in your glasses. <laughs> well, that happened to me a few years ago. And so I went down to see my friendly optometrist and uh, he gave me all the tests, you know, wrote the prescription, said, see me next Tuesday, they'll be ready. Well, the following Tuesday I walked in, he put these new bifocals on me, you know, and said, okay, Zig, how do they feel? I said, they feel good. He said, they look good too. He said, you're on your way. Well, my car was parked about 15 or 20 feet outside of his front door. As I stepped out the front door in my new bifocals, I headed for my car. <laughs> now, you, you're talking about a high-stepping dude. Old Zig is really picking them up and putting them down. Now, I didn't realize that until I drew abreast of the car, and there I was, my right leg up there, about three and a half feet, you know, and I saw the reflection in the window. Now, you know how you feel when you do something that's not overly bright? You look around for fear that everybody in town been watching you, you know. And so I looked around right quick. Nobody's paying me the least bit of attention. But realizing how utterly ridiculous I must have looked, I could not help it. I just burst out laughing. And then I got excited. And the reason I got excited was that day, for the first time in my life, I realized what I do. Basically, you see, I go around this country and other countries as well fitting people with new glasses. Because the reality is, if we're going to change that picture, we've got to also adapt to those new glasses that will make a difference. 
Now, I want to emphasize these are not rose-colored glasses. I've said it before. I've said a number of times, life is tough. But when you're tough on yourself, then life will be infinitely easier on you. I also want to emphasize neither are they woes-colored glasses. You know, so many people walk around looking like the picture on their driver's license. Uh, you know, <laughs> acting somewhat like a cruise director for the Titanic, you know, maybe like somebody's licked all the red off of their candy. No, these are not woes colored glasses. These are vision glasses which will enable you to see further and understand more. Vision glasses are enormously important. Somebody asked Helen Keller what would be worse than being blind. Without hesitation, she said, it would be infinitely worse to have perfect eyesight and no vision than the other way around. In his last year, somebody asked Dr. Albert Schweitzer, how goes it, Dr. Schweitzer? And he said, uh, my sight grows dim, but my vision is clearer than ever. Solomon said, my people perish for lack of a vision. I believe with all my heart that's one of the basic problems, not only individually, but it is the problem that we as a society and many companies and families have, their vision is limited, and that is unfortunate. It is even tragic. Oliver Wendell Holmes years ago said, it's tragic, the loss of our natural resources, but what is even more tragic is the fact that the average American goes to their grave with their music still in them. Uh, all of us have those songs in us. Nat King Cole was on the West Coast. Early on, he got his career started as a piano player. Now, this particular night, the singer did not show. The club owner said, where's the singer? Nat King Cole said, he's not here. He's sick. The owner said, no singer, no money. That's the night Nat King Cole became a singer. <laughs> and of course, the rest, as the old saw goes, is history. Now, you might not be able to carry a tune, but you've got a song inside of you. And the purpose of these recordings is to get the song out, whatever it might be, so that you can sing that song. We need pictures. You know what I believe about myself when I tell people this? Sometimes they look at me as if I'm just a whistling Dixie or something. I honestly believe that I'm at least five, maybe ten years away from reaching my peak. I feel better, more energetic, stronger, better informed than I've ever felt in my life. And the research I'm doing clearly indicates that if you remain active physically and mentally, and I still read an average of about three hours a day, uh, that your creativity definitely substantially increases because you have access to all of the accumulated information and knowledge you've acquired over that period of years. I recently signed a contract seven years to do a daily newspaper column. We're in 32 papers uh, now, and if you'll call your local paper, maybe we'll get in your paper as well in case we're not there. Now, they insisted on a seven-year renewal, so that's 14 years. I believe in those long-range goals. I really do. A lot of times people ask me, well, do you ever think about retirement? I said, yep, and said no long time ago. <laughs> you, uh, you might not uh, know this, but the only time retirement is mentioned in the Bible, it is always as a punishment. I just hope God is not ready to punish me uh, for a while at any rate. Got so many things I want to do. Now, I'm ready to go when he's ready for me, but I got a lot of things also I would like to get done. 
That retirement baloney got started in the 1870s in Germany when Bismarck was a chancellor. He just noticed one day that virtually every one of his powerful enemies was 65 and older. He persuaded the German legislature to pass legislation making age 65 mandatory retirement age. In one stroke of the pen, now he neglected to explain to everybody what he was doing, uh, but in one stroke of the pen, he eliminated the overwhelming majority of all of his enemies who had power, judgment, wisdom, influence, contacts, money, I mean the whole smear. And for some reason, a lot of people, a lot of other countries said, hey, that's a good idea, let's do that too. And as a result, we're putting out to pasture people as they literally, in many cases, hit their peak. I think it's a tragic mistake. For example, so many people are so age conscious. I was doing a radio talk show here a few months ago, and this lady called in as one of those question and answer deals, you know, and she was almost crying. She said, I'm 55 years old. I've never done anything with my life, and now it's too late. I said, ma'am, did you say you were 55? She said, yes, I am. I said, you just a spring chicken. I said, as a matter of fact, does your mama know where you are? And <laughs> she did exactly what you just did in this live audience. She got so tickled. And the rest of the time we talked about solutions. Here's what you can do. In the podcast we just listened to, Zeke talks about having the best years ahead of him. I'm going to give you an update since this was recorded quite a few years ago. Zig is currently 81 and a half and still going strong. He is in the midst of writing two different books. Have you been inspired by something you've heard on the podcast? I would love to hear your story of how Mr. Ziegler's teachings have helped you. Please feel free to give me a call 972-383-3268. I am so excited about a way that you can truly live your life to the fullest. It's our newest product called the Ziegler Vault. I'll take just a minute to tell you what's up on the web. The Vault includes all of Zig's best audio and video materials. It's for you to access wherever and whenever you want to for a monthly subscription of $14.97. You can listen and watch whatever topic you want to learn more about, as well as download your favorites. Weekly, we are adding new information and new speakers. You're certainly welcome to call me for more information, 972-383-3268. You can also find some good help at ZigglerVault.com. Until next week, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.